0: The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and his message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Welcome everybody. Today we'll be continuing our journey through Exodus by looking at chapter 19. So please, open your Bibles or devices and read along with me. On the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day they came to the desert of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, And what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words. To speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. And the people all responded together, We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds. And a long blast, may they approach the mountain. After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated, and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, Prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning, with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it with fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke. And the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up. And the Lord said to him, Go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up Mount Sinai, because you yourself warned us, put limits around the mountain and set it apart. It's holy. The Lord replied, Go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord, or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. But before we get into the sermon, let's pray. Uh, Dear Jesus, we pray and thank you for your word. Uh, We pray that as we approach uh, your word uh, and the message that you have for us in your word, that we can come to you with pure hearts uh, and a clear mind, that we can focus on the message that you are trying to teach us. So that we can grow and mature as Christians, learn more about who you are and what it is you have done for us. I pray that the message I preach today uh, are your words and not mine, and open our hearts and our minds to hear the word and have it change our lives. Amen. Okay, so Elizabeth Windsor, the name might ring a bell, but you might not... Know exactly who I'm talking about. The name is probably swirling around in your head. Some of you might not have any idea who I'm talking about. And some of you know exactly who I'm talking about. Elizabeth Windsor is the Queen of England. And I can tell you're probably wondering what the Queen has to do with Israel over 3,000 years ago. Well, not much be honest. But just stay with me for a second. I'm wondering, have you ever tried walking up to the Queen of England and be like, hey Lizzie, how are you? Want to chat? It's highly unlikely. In fact, it's probably impossible. We cannot just go up to the Queen whenever we want and talk to her. This is because of the division between the queen and us commoners. It's a division of class, wealth and power. But for us, there is a greater and more concerning division. It's the division between God and humanity, and the division is one of holiness. Because of this division, humanity was separated from God. The only way we can get back to God is if he first draws us to him. You can see this in verse 4. We read, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. In all of history, No one has ever been able to just approach God. God always draws people to himself. This is because of the division that is caused by sin. We read about the cause of this division in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve decided to do things their own way and no longer trusted God. They tried to become like God by deciding what was good and what was evil for themselves. The fall of humanity wasn't about eating a piece of forbidden fruit. It was about the conscious decision Adam and Eve made in ignoring what God had planned for creation and deciding to do what they wanted, not what God had said. This created the separation between humanity and God. Here in Exodus 19, we can see that God is calling humanity back to himself through the nation of Israel. So getting back to the Queen, if the Queen ever did want to talk to you, I'm sure it would come to us as a surprise. She would probably send a driver to knock on your front door and say, the Queen would like to speak with you. Would you please come with me? She would not come to you, that you must go to her. You wouldn't be able to just go up and talk to her because she lives in a big palace behind a garden fence. But we all know that if the Queen really did want to talk to you, that there would probably be a million and one rules and protocols you must follow before actually meeting the Queen. Here for Israel, this is no different. In order to enter into the presence of God, we must first become holy. We can see this in verses 10 and then verses 14 and 15. Verse 10, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today the and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes. Then in verse 14 and 15, after Moses had gone, to the, gone, down, to the, gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them, and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, Prepare yourselves for the third day Abstain from sexual relations. Before God will reveal himself by coming down to dwell on the mountain, the Israelites must first wash and consecrate themselves. They must prepare for the coming of God onto the mountain. They need to wash their clothes, Wash themselves and prepare for God's arrival. This is because God is holy, and anything that is holy is unholy, is destroyed in God's presence. These requirements that God places on Israel would probably be similar to the things you would be asked to do if meeting the Queen. You would be informed about countless rules and protocols to follow when you are addressing them. You would need to learn the correct readings, look presentable, and wear the correct dress code and you would need to use the correct protocol in your conversation once you have followed these rules you'd be introduced to the queen and finally be in her presence and have an audience with her right? But for the people of Israel, this is not the case the story somehow doesn't go how you would expect even after all the cleansing the people of israel do they are still disconnected from god we see this in the last few verses verse 21 it says and the lord said to him go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the lord and many of them perish Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us. Put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, Go down and bring Aaron up with you, but the priests and the people must not Force their way through to come up to the Lord, or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them Israel have washed their bodies and washed their clothes in preparation for their meeting with God. They have done all that he asked, but they are in no better position now than they were in before. God may be coming closer but they are still restricted from going up the mountain. They are still separated from God. Imagine doing all that the Queen asked and following all the instructions you were given, only to be told you cannot speak or meet with her. In fact, you cannot even enter into the palace. You must stay outside the gate. If you try to enter, you will be shot. Throughout this entire process, Moses has been acting as a mediator between Israel and God. He has been given the responsibility of leading Israel all this way to prepare them in entering into a covenant with God and to bring them into their promised land. But even the great prophet Moses has not been able to help in the process of reconciling humanity with God. We see that here, in this passage in Exodus, the cleansing rites that the Israelites do in preparation for God coming down onto the mountain are not sufficient in bringing them into perfect relationship with God. This is because all the requirements of the law, and all the cleansing rituals do not make them holy. They still remain separated and unable to approach God. This is because it failed to cleanse their conscience of sin and make them holy. What we require is to have our minds and souls cleansed of all disobedience and unrighteousness so that we can be holy in God's eyes. This can be seen in chapter 9 of Hebrews where it says that the regulations of the first covenant God made with Israel could not perfect the conscience of the worshiper but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of Reformation. This division continues for another 1,200 years or so before the greatest act of God's redemptive plan comes into action. God again brings us to himself, but this time it is through his son, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6 says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. As much more glory as the builder of a house has more honour than the house itself. Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Jesus is the only way that humanity is able to gain access to God. Jesus operates for us in the same but more glorious way that Moses could not. Moses could tell Israel what God had said. Moses could not tear down the wall of sin that separated humanity from God. Only Jesus can do that. In John verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I'm the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is only through faith in Jesus that we can have free and complete access to God. It is not through how well we live or how much good we can do, because we cannot do anything to become holy and righteous on our own. All the washing and cleansing in the world not wash away the sin and disobedience that we have allowed to corrupt ourselves. These ritual washings do not prefer, perfect the inside of the person. And this is important. Jesus speaks of the importance of being cleansed on the inside rather than just on the outside. In Matthew 23, verses 25 to 26, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, but the outside also may be clean. The Pharisees would have been the most outwardly cleansed people in all of israel they took their ritual washing extremely seriously but jesus is telling them that this does nothing for them because on the inside they are corrupt and unholy so how do we make the inside of our cup clean how do we cleanse our conscience thankfully God has provided us with a solution because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We have been cleansed not just of our flesh, but Jesus has redeemed for us our consciousness. The one thing, the cleaning and washing that the Israelites did at Mount Sinai could not purify. We see this in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 to 14, where it says, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead work to serve the living God. Jesus has cleansed us. Not just of our outward self, but our conscience. Not just the outward or action of our sin, but the corruption of our souls that sin has caused. Because of this, we have the assurance to draw near to God. Continuing in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 23, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, that he who promised is faithful. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have had our bodies and our conscience. cleansed. But this does not mean that we can do whatever we want and God just says, it's all good, don't worry about it. You're fine to go do whatever you want. Instead, we are now welcomed into his holy nation of priests and we have been set apart as God's chosen people. In 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. once you were not a people but now you are god's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received now to be a priest in any religion is something of great responsibility it places you above all others as examples on how to live. As priests in God's holy nation, we are called to be a light into the world, shining the light towards Jesus. Paul, in the, in his letter to the Philippians, in chapter two, verses fourteen and fifteen, says, "Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish." in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world as god's chosen people we have been called to be a holy and set apart people where our lives bring about god's good will and purpose as we live out each day god calls us to proclaim the good work that jesus has done To live a life according to his word. We can only do this with the help of Jesus, our mediator and our savior. Because of Jesus, we can come to God freely and worship him with reverence and awe. Jesus' death and resurrection has broken down the division of sin, which means that we are no longer stuck at the foot of the mountain, but rather, we now have access to a full and complete relationship with God. It is through this relationship that our hearts and minds can be transformed to be like Jesus, and we can be a light to the world. I wanted to finish and leave you with this last encouragement. God has broken down this barrier and division, not only to give us free, and unrestricted access to God, but to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within all who believe in Jesus. We have the Spirit of God living inside each of us who believe in Jesus. God is not a hovering cloud above the mountain, but is now living in and amongst his people. While we all may be separated at the moment in our physical bodies, please remember that we are all united and together in the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells inside us all. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you have brought us full access to God through your sacrifice and your death and resurrection. We thank you that the division that we cause in our sin You have fixed, you have redeemed, and you have brought us back to God. Not only do we have access to approach the mountain, but the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit now dwells within each and every one of us. We pray and thank you that when we come and speak to you, we remember that we've been called to be holy and that we have to consecrate ourselves. So I pray that as we go out into the week, uh, whether we're isolated at home uh, or able to go out for work, that we remember that we are to be a light into the world, a holy nation of priests. I pray that we take this command seriously so that we can bring glory and honour to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.